Jack didn't think I had my toner right. You can see how I stepped on the microphone here. <laughs> Welcome back to the No Mulligans podcast. <laughs> you almost here. did it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. I almost did it for a second. I had to think. Uh, but, yeah. Welcome back. <laughs> Hold on. Take, cut it here. We're no, let's keep going. We used to do bloopers to start. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. All right. We'll yeah, keep roll it. Tape. Roll it. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to the No Mulligans podcast here in the studio at Franklin Bridge. And um, before we sat down to do this podcast, we were setting up. I was about to start the camera and Scott started talking. And uh, wow. I mean, this is very, this is going like 110% polar opposite away from our DNA on this podcast. That's all I'll say. Yeah. And it's going, I'm, I don't even know how to title this, but like, I'm basically going to poke holes in any sort of golf instruction and club fitting, which actually could be point of like, you shouldn't do any of it. Yeah. Which I was, I was about (laughs) to say, like, this actually could be a really good podcast for, um, the people who do listen. Maybe like your buddies have like, uh, said like, well, you know, golf's hard or like, I don't, I just, I don't think I can, I don't want to get a lesson or X, Y, or Z. Like this could be an excellent podcast to send to them. worse, right? Yeah. And I they mean, do. This, For a lot of people, they have that experience. This could be something to send to them. So let's, let's start uh, poking holes in this thing, man. Where do you want to take this? Don't you ever take a golf lesson ever. <laughs> <laughs> just listen to the podcast that's a, that's a horrible hang out with us on uh play with the pod on march 31st at johnson city tennessee for 750 oh that's a great promo before we get into it yeah slid it in mean, there just quick. slid it in there real quick play with the pod uh march 31st uh johnson city country club um and i mean it's 750 bucks for a team 250 dollars yeah you're supporting the podcast um helping us out with uh making this program better for you guys so and we get to do what i really enjoy doing which yep. is playing with people that I want to enjoy playing with. Bingo. Like, which is actually a perfect, uh, uh, which is actually a perfect segue into the podcast, which is like, golf's not that hard. Like, don't get a golf <laughs> lesson. Don't get fit. Just go out there and have a good time. Yeah, and there's a certain amount of that. It's like, just do that. Like, who cares? It, oh, I wasn't talking to Tony. <laughs> like, who cares? Like, at the end of the day, nobody cares how you play. Except for you. And really, the only reason you care how you play is because you're worried about what it says about you if you play bad and really what it other people say about you, like, may or may not say about you because you play bad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so who cares? Just figure it out. I can't figure it out. Like, what if you actually could? What if you didn't need a golf lesson to figure it out? Hey, here's get rid of all this. Get all get, get rid of you. Like literally, get rid of everything. No YouTube. No Golf Digest. No Golf Channel. No buddies. Just go out there. Just you figure it out. You can break eighty without any help. Yeah, I just don't think that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> so the 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 argument to that. So this is actually an exercise that the five elements of effective thinking challenges you to do is take everything you think you know about whatever the subject matter is and detail out everything you think you know then do the opposite and and try to throw the opposing view at every single one of those points like you know how much help i got to break 80 as a kid like i took maybe one lesson 
a summer and I don't remember doing any of the stuff he asked me to do because all I did was pull off the golf digest magazines and pull out their little booklets that you used to be able to tear out. And I tried every tip. I just tried all of it. All I did was just try stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So no, when I'm, I'm telling you like, don't take a golf lesson, I didn't take one. I broke par without really taking a golf lesson so, of any level of meaning. And I think taking one lesson doesn't really truly count as like taking lessons to get better. This is the interesting point. Uh, I think this is like where you're getting at. Cause this is the interesting thing. It's like, if you don't think if, if you love, if you love the game enough, like if you really want to like go and figure it out, like you will, it might take a little longer than you think it might. And yeah, it might take you several years it might, longer. It might take, yeah. And then like, you know, you, you might suck for a very long time and you know it, it might not be the most fun process but like you will and some people never find it and they've never taken a golf lesson their entire life like austin gene wouldn't be where he's at without taking lessons he was stuck and he needed somebody to guide him where he needed to go so like but then like we could say that that's the case like that's there's a clear line in the sand is when that started and when the performance changed. So you could say the lessons got him there. But what if I didn't give him a lesson? I'm just asking questions instead and let him find it. What if it's, what if the reason you don't get better is because you're asking all the wrong questions? Five elements of effective thinking. Item number two is ask questions. <laughs> I just see how you're stumped. Like, you're trying to think like, is it possible? Well, I'm not because people ask the question like, ah, I just, I'm just so inconsistent. And like, I just swing too hard. Swing slower. Like, you know what? Okay, like, oh, whoa. like when they keep swinging too hard, slow down. It's not that hard. So I, I don't think the question is like, okay, like could you break eighty without you know getting fit or getting a lesson? I think the question really is more along the lines of like, yeah, just like keeping on asking deeper and deeper questions. For example, you remembered yesterday I came in here after my round, I was telling you about that guy that I played with. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was talking about like, Oh, I just, I, I popped the drive up. I popped my driver up every time he'd popped his drive up like three out of four holes as we <laughs> played at that point. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm no, laughing because I'm, those are ones like if I'm playing with, if I Carson was in the cart with me, dude, we would be, when the guy's <laughs> driving up, we would be rolling oh yeah because it's funny but like this guy was like just getting super frustrated super (laughs) frustrated makes it even funnier and and like i think what's interesting is to your point you could go in and be like well just here's what you do in order to not do that but what is that doing so i actually asked him the question i was like well why do you like why do you think you're doing that because the, the, the question uh, that popped I've up taught you well well, i don't think it's so good i don't think it was me challenging him as much as like I don't care. Why do you think you're doing that? Like it's I like. Well, you I, actually empowered him to start trying to solve the well, problem. Y- yes, you're right. But I came from it from the point of like, listen, dude, I don't want to hear you bitch about this again. <laughs> pardon, like, pardon my French. That there. was your that was your way of saying, like, dude, just shut up, man. Yeah, well, like, kind of, but like, and <laughs> I, I'm asking, like, well, why do you think you're doing that? I'm like, well, if you're getting frustrated, the only logical question I should be asking myself is, well, let's not do the thing that is what we're doing. So how do we do that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But you see this like this circle that we're going in, right? It's like, well, if you care enough you will change it and right. i think that's the cycle that you're trying to go in at this point well so i've done this with two players one of them is like taking lessons from this coach he wants me to change all this like i can't do it. i was like why does he want you to change that well i don't i was like why does he want you to change it well i don't know okay go figure that out okay well do you think that'll make you better or worse well i don't know well you think you should try 
Like, like the whole answer is like he actually is the one that's keeping him from getting better. Let me ask you a devil's advocate question then. Last uh-huh. podcast, we talked about um, your students to like not asking where you're taking them. You mm-hmm. should say like, I should not, I, I should not, people should not ask where I'm No, I'm them. supposed to do the opposite. Oh, go ahead. So I'm, yeah, <laughs> countering your point here. Yeah. Shouldn't, as the student, you ask questions about where you're going or where the swing's headed? You should ask questions as a student. The thing is, how many of them can you answer without help? So what you're saying is let's start, let's actually encourage the asking of the questions and the answering of questions at the micro level, but not necessarily at the macro level. So am I allowed to draw on this while we do this? Well, that'd be weird. People on audio wouldn't hear it. Well, I can, I can hold this and do this at the same time. Yeah. I mean, go for it. Hang on. We'll see if we can do, can I get the mic close enough? Yeah. 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 Hang on. You're good. All right. Keep chattering while I erase part of the board. Yeah. No. Um, but I've, I think that that's, uh, I'm excited to hear what Scott's about to do because I was getting frustrated with that guy in the cart. And the real question that I was trying to ask him was like, dude, if you, if you care so much about being bad and if you keep on apologizing for hitting it bad, personally, I don't care. So what do you want to do about changing it? (laughs) So he, this guy ended up worrying more about what I, what I know. He didn't answer it. He, he ended up caring more about what I thought about him than what he thought about his own game. When in reality, dude, I'm going through a, the biggest 14 hole bender of my life right now. Like I don't care what your shot is doing. So sorry. You've probably hear, heard my voice ramble way too much here. The guy, uh, I did have a, it was a great group that day, but so, uh, so we're going like high level math stuff here for a second. I'm going to drop down low enough where they can probably see this. I'll check it. I think they can see almost all of it. <laughs> um, but how high up can I go? Jack is the real question. Okay. So like here, there, okay. All right. I'm just stay underneath that. So <clears throat> I think like one of the things you do when you can't solve a problem. So if we use the five elements of effective thinking, which I told you is like the gateway book to me to solving any problem. Sounds like a gateway drug at this point. I know it is. Uh, but it's like, if you can't solve the problem that's in front of you, there's a simpler problem you can't solve. Solve it, which is now I can kind of see, I'm even following my own logic as to why I'm saying don't take a golf lesson. Cause I'm going, I'm going to the simplest level of understanding, right? Like, uh, I just can't hit it. Right? Like, how, how come I can't hit it, right? Like, that's a terrible question. Like, it's an awful question. How come I can't hit it? Well, you made contact with the ball, so A, that's a wrong question. You hit it. <laughs> how come I, okay, I'm not consistent. Well, how do I be more consistent? Like, that's a terribly, like... Keep on going. 50,000-foot view. Yep. It's not even 50,000. You're in the freaking stratosphere. You get to get on Earth somewhere. Yeah, yeah. To get any traction, so it's like, I'm not consistent, okay? Why aren't you consistent? Like, it's even hard for me to answer this question because it's such a bad question. Let's use, let's use my guys. Let's use my guy's example. He said, uh, Uh, I never play like this. (laughs) All right. All right. Yeah. Never play like this. Okay. Like what? You know, like what, why? And like what? Yeah. Right, so people just stop asking questions. So this is an um, this is an emotional, 
response yet. I never play like Based this. Based question. Super. That's red line to black. Super emotional. Yep. Right. And so you can't think clearly in that. Right. Now, the beauty of emotion is if you can actually, if you can actually solve the problem in the most frustrating place, you're actually going to remember it and ingrain it far deeper because the heavier and stronger that emotion, the bigger that memory is and the holding of that yes component is. i think they call it uh anchoring right right it's called anchoring so like the more emotional it is the easier it is to remember so why like what well i never pop it up okay and you asked a, a perfect question right i said well like why do you think you do that why do you think you're doing that I don't know. Sorry, not an acceptable answer. Hey, and guess what? For all of you people who are either in a job or in a situation where uh, you are the person asking this, do not, for the love of God, do not put words in their mouth. If you ask right, them that question, you stop their own problem solving. Yes, and if you say that, Sorry. and you're like, "Oh, well, do you think you're scooping it, or do you think you're, you know, just teeing the ball too high?" Right. Well, it's like, okay, now they're just going to take one of your outs that you gave them. Right. Make them answer it. Right. Because. A lot of times they have more connection to the answer. And also they're it, avoiding. I probably should not have asked him, but I was just trying to get him to shut up. So like, this is not an open solicitation for you to go and ask people <laughs> questions on the golf course. No, no. Cause there are people that we know that do that. And it's a terrible experience by and large. If you, if you perpetuate it or if you give them answers like, Hey, you know, you were doing Oh, like, horrible. No, no, no. You actually don't understand well enough to answer that question. If you keep answering for them, you're going to be in trouble. Oh my so, God. Yeah. <clears throat> why do you think you do that? Well, I don't know. Like, well, what's the club doing? Well, like I, I must be swinging underneath it. Okay. Well that like the club must be lower than the ball. Great. We established what the club is doing, right? Like, if you can't solve this problem, why? Like, I never pop it up. Why am I popping it up? If you can't solve that one, that means there's one underneath that you can't solve. What's a simpler one? Well, why is the ball getting hit on that part of the club? Somehow Ooh. the club is underneath the golf ball. Ooh, this is great because I, I like what you're saying, right? Because you're basically establishing what is the biggest your biggest question that you do need to solve mm -hmm. right and if you can't solve it go until you can solve something and build it back up from there well so erica hates this and i'm glad i'm going to continue to do it she doesn't like it but it's what she's needed for the last four or five years is i always ask her like what do you, what'd you do on that one i don't know that's why i'm asking you i was like uh, no i'm not answering i know the answer but if i give the answer you'll chase that answer and you'll use it as the thing i'm curious i gotta ask you a question here I think that I'm very good at understanding what is right and what is wrong in my golf swing at any point in time, other than like a few things that I can't see. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is because of problem solving in this way? Do you think it's more of a problem solving thing than an individual student thing? Like, do you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it. I think. Well, I think your your own learning style can inhibit you. Mm. Um, a little bit or your own preconceived notions or your own experiences mm -hmm, can mm -hmm. limit you. But like it's fundamentally an inability or an unwillingness to solve a problem. Mm. <clears throat> and just calling it the end of the road, basically. Right. That's basically what he's doing. He's like, oh, just. and so then he starts to give up Yeah. or he starts just getting frustrated. It's just like, oh, it's just worthless, whether he's thinking that or not. Right. And so really what's happening is he's caring that he's having to play in front of these people, he probably plays by himself a lot. Mm. right probably doesn't count all of his shots when he plays 
right? So he's actually playing like this. You never play like this because you never play with anybody. Mm. And playing with people is different than playing by yourself. Most people play worse when they play with people. Mm. Because there is that added human element of we want to be loved and accepted, right? Like, if I play bad, people are going to see me as that and they're not going to want to associate with me. Why do people that have never played golf that are getting in business? I got to figure out how to play golf now. No, you don't. You can still make plenty of clients without playing golf. Why would you put yourself through that? Well, I don't want people to you know, not include me. So they will work for three to five years to get good at the game for that reason. And then it's like, why do you like golf? I don't really like golf, right? Like, that's, that's so good. Yeah, because you didn't <clears throat> learn the golf. You didn't learn golf because you like golf. You learned the golf so that you could be somewhat decent in front of your buddies. Right. Or once potential, you get to that point, you quit. Potential yeah. clients. And they like... You can still win those clients without playing golf. Yeah, you don't have to win in the match to get the business. It would be far easier for you to just learn how to become a better salesperson and a better relator than it would be for you to spend how many thousands of dollars and hours to get good at golf. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's great. You're so right. And so, like, by not asking the right questions ask a better question Mm. uh brooks and i were sitting meeting about the building and like all the problems that we're coming with trying to get the right one in here and he asked me he's like what's the question we're not asking what are the questions that we're not asking that's a good question that's a great question because we we're stuck on it he's like what's the question there's a question we're not asking here I think it's also worth saying too that this this uh, practice that we're that we're teaching right here, it is very fair if you get exhausted by this. There yeah. there is uh, there is a um, oh my gosh, but it's, more it's an assessment. Yeah. It's an assessment. It's called a, it's something along the lines of like workplace tendencies, right? And there's uh, yeah. there's different strengths, right? Some people tenacity is a huge strength. Like you will not uh, quit yeah, until you get this. the job done, right. right? Like there's some people who are big wonderers, like they love having their head up in the clouds and thinking about the possibilities. There's some people who are galvanizers, the come on, man, like let's get this thing done, people, right? Yep. So basically, this exercise is a lot of wondering. If this is a frustration for you then this will be very exhausting. But lean in. You still have to do this, but then try and use what really energizes you, whether that's tenacity, galvanizing, um, you know, some other things that I'm not thinking of right now. But try and find what you enjoy, going back to our last podcast with Mm -hmm. the interests, and try and link the two together so that you can get it done. Well, so I'll give you an example of like where people are stuck right now with cracking the code. They're like, I I can't hit the hybrids. Like, I, I don't, I can't hit my hybrids. It's like, well, when do you hit it best? When have you hit it best in CTC? Well, when we were making the half swings hitting at 50 yards. All right, there's part of your answer. Ooh. Like, literally, there's part of your answer. Like, you're probably swinging it too big. You're swinging it harder. You don't swing it as well. You're swinging those clubs harder. Swing them softer. Well, it's not going to go anywhere. You fundamentally have a problem. Like, this is still the problem in cracking the code because it's the problem with every golfer. They still think they need to hit it farther. <laughs> the, the irony is the industry is telling you farther, 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 right? That's what they're selling. That's what the USGA is even selling you on to walk, walk the ball back, right? <laughs> yeah. Everybody is in Titleist and all these club manufacturers saying, well, we want it to go longer, right? Like, every, every, that's everything everybody's talking about. Golf clubs he, have literally gotten stronger over the over the right, decades. Right. So like 
that's where everybody's chasing. And it's like, this is where I'm bringing down to Like, why do you need to take a golf lesson? Like, don't just swing softer. It's not hard. Like, if I punch you really hard in your arm right now, it's going to hurt. Man, that hurt. Don't hit me so hard. Oh, that didn't hurt. No kidding. <laughs> wow. Like, that. there's nothing that is inherently difficult about that. Oh, so but This good. is how people practice. I'm like, dude, the answer's, oh, I just can't swing it slower. Yes, you can. You're just choosing not to. And this is where I get to. But in the same token, if you look at... If you look at the average handicap, like how many of you would love to be a single digit handicap? Great. A zero to six handicap, average driving distance is 239 yards for a male. That's hitting it nowhere, okay? Like you don't have to swing very hard to hit it 240 yards. Like it's like, and if you go down the next level, it's like 219 to hit it between a 6 and a 12 handicap. You don't have to hit very far. <laughs> so swing slower. Like, well, I just, I'm just not going to hit it anywhere. You care what your buddies are going to say about you. Like, I'll give you an example. I was hitting it so bad off the tee. We got no time to warm up. I haven't hit any balls. I don't know what golf swing I'm making down at the PGA show. And I hit it right into the I hit it into the center pretty much of the driving range off the first tee box. The ball's 80 yards right. Then my second one went into the middle of the fairway on the other hole to the oh left. Oh my god. There's 150 yards between my two golf balls. <laughs> Maybe more. Okay. So like no warm up, we're rushed, we're late, like I haven't hit any golf balls, like whatever. We picked one. I played the one from the freaking wherever. And so, go to the second hole. I cold top my drive, hits a tree, doesn't get past the forward tees. I'm playing from the pine straw. Great. This sucks. This is awful. All right. Make bogey. Got out of there. I'm okay. Go to hole three. Go ahead and hit a hybrid. Snap hook it onto the road. Like, this is terrible. This is awful. This is not why I came down here. Like, I want to enjoy playing. I have no clue what golf swing I'm making. I'm not like in black i'm just like i gotta figure out how to play this from here so then i look at evan now i know one thing for sure i do this in clinics all the time it's a great training tool i looked at evan i pulled my ball marker out of my pocket and i intentionally brought down because i had the thought that i might need to do this at the show because i have no idea i have been driver in three months and so i look at evan coppolo and i flick him my ball marker it's my champions playbook ball, ball marker and it says, I said, can you read that to me? He said, yeah, there's one rule. I tee up the ball, tee it up a little higher, kneel down. I hit balls from my knees the rest of the day. I only missed two fairways. This is a whole day. And the first one was that one because it just overdrew. I hit it 240 yards right down the center of the fairway the entire round. We get up to the next hole and Evan thought I was joking because I just did it once smoke the next one just nuke like dead center perfect from my knees literally kneeling down hitting golf balls from here now it's embarrassing i shouldn't do it but like it's the only way i knew how to control the golf ball off the tee in that moment is a narrow golf course there's hazards on both sides like i'm not comfortable i haven't warmed up i have no idea what golf swing i can make full full swing I even learned something. Why do I not miss it right and left? Well, because when you close and open the face, 
when the face is sitting like this, like when you close and open it this way, it goes right and left. When you close and open it this way, it just adds and takes off loft. So I never miss it right or left. I always hit it straight. That's why when you learn to hit the center of the face doing that, you will never miss it right or left. You will always hit it straight. That's such a good... Uh, and so there was one rule, which was... Shoot a lower score. And so I did. Like, that's what I had to do. I, I've got a, uh, um, I think, another really good... And this do is... Do something different. Do something different. This is about, like, course architecture and, like, specifically hole number one here at Franklin Bridge. Okay. I, like, there's so many people who just rip their driver out of their bag on hole number one. And like, you know, if your driving distance is, you know, 240, 250, 260, like, hey, power to you. Like, absolutely. Knock yourself out. The, the fairway is pretty wide at that distance. Uh-huh. But like, it, why? Like, I like uh, to, to your point, I feel like I could take an eight iron off the tee, hit an eight iron into the fairway, hit an eight iron just short of the green. If it's sitting down on that lower shelf, just chip it up there and make a putt. You're out of there with par. Like, it's, right. I feel like there's so many different ways to play the game and a lot of people will just default to ripping the longest club out well, of their bag and so here's the message right so like the super speed things and the stack and like all of these things are driving people to hit it farther why hank used to say this most of the instruction comes from the top down i'm having lots of ahas right now in case you can't yeah tell. you are like most of the instruction comes from the tour and filters down and there's value to that Totally. Absolutely. But what's the big message on the tour? 10 yards further equals a million dollars on the tour. Like that's real data. <laughs> yeah. So like, but the guy that's a club player, how far do you hit it off the tee, sir? I hit it 265 yards. What's your handicap? I'm a 15. Well, the reason you're 15 handicap is not because you're hitting it too short. Because remember, 259 yards gets you under a zero. Like zero to six is 239. And six to twelve is two nineteen. So um, this is so a question that we had. Decision problem. It's it, exactly, and this is the you swing too hard, and it's what you say, right? So swing slower. And this is what we were talking about in our group text <laughs> thread the other day with me, you, Tayton, uh, Avery, I believe. Yeah. And um, we were talking about like, okay, like if these numbers that are filtered down to us, right, like what you were just talking about, the driving distance numbers. It's not necessarily about how far you can hit it; it's about the dispersion at that length, right? right? And so, and I was. I bring it straighter. Guess what? You're going to hit it farther. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Bringing this to my round the other day that we were talking about earlier, that eight, that eighty that I had. Guess what? Those all those bogeys on the first like on the first three four holes. Guess what they were? Ob's. Right. They're hitting out of play. Like they're out of play shots. You take those out. It's not that my putting was bad. It's not that my wedges were bad. It's not that my even my irons were that. It was ob shots. It's not that I didn't hit it far enough. I could hit the ball over 300 yards. In fact, you probably would have been better off hitting seven iron off the tee on those couple of holes. You I, would have scored lower. I can guarantee you that I would have. Right. Right. So like this is this is why like I'm going. Why do you need a golf lesson? I just swing too hard. It's like, yeah, but you simultaneously swing too hard because you think you should hit it farther. Yeah. Because you think hitting it far is going to score lower. It's not. No. It's not going to do it. They're like, well, Scott, you know, like so and so, you know, got the stack system and you did the speed thing last year. Basically, all we did with the speed thing, we had fun with the speed sticks and we gave them all the training protocols. But really, we just taught you how to hit it straighter. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash, I just taught you how to hit it straighter. Because also, tell me this, isn't the club face more stable at higher speeds? Uh, mm, not necessarily. Mm, I thought I had something there. Well, I have 119. I hit it 150 yards right to left <laughs> two shots in a row. Fair so enough. So clearly, that's <laughs> <yeah>, not stable. <coughs> so, but like, 
Oh, but guess what, Wait, dude? Slower. Think I about TaylorMade. Knockdown, dude. Uh, we're on it right now. But think about TaylorMade, dude. The entire like past like five years, it's all about speed, 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 speed. Then guess what? Magically this year, oh, we have 10k moment of inertia. It's the most stable club face that we've ever oh had. Oh my gosh! But they're still gonna sell it around like, and then hitting it farther. And Callaway's done the same thing where he got the 10k, and Ping's done it too. It's like, yeah, and it's allowed us to pick up seven yards. Like they're still like working it around the distance thing because they know the distance sells but it's like if you told people they could be five shots lower hit it 20 yards shorter and i guarantee you you will hit it more solid like this is why i've been asking this question of like you know how much could we actually fix somebody if i just told them like your entire lesson was learning how to swing slow enough and maintain your balance at the finish how many problems could we solve with that basic thing like to your point, it's right here. It's the questions. It's the questions that you ask. Right. Like, and what I don't understand too about Just the asking bad questions. You're asking bad questions in like, for example, the people who are like, "Oh, do I hit a uh, do I hit a seven iron here or gas an eight? And people are like, "Oh, just you know, like they'll hit the eight just because they want to like they want to get it there in the shortest amount of club. It's like, well, guess what? Now your spin rate goes up in the air. Your ball balloons, and guess what? It's going even shorter than your seven if you were gonna hit it, right? Or your six right. or your pitching wedge if you were gonna hit it. It's just like I have one of my juniors has Arcos on his stuff. And I pulled it up today. I was like, 35% of your shots end up short of the green. <laughs> like, What do you think you need to three do? 3.5 out, out of 10. So it's called 4 out of 10. Almost half your shots come up short of the green. Take more club. Like, <laughs> like what, what? I mean, like, what, what are we doing? Instead, he's just swinging harder, and he's not hitting it a solid, like, Duh. Like, why does a tour player's dispersion pattern on TrackMan or really high-level college players, their dispersion pattern on TrackMan looks like a sideways, like you're looking at the side of a piece of pizza. Like, it's thin. Because they're hitting it in the same part of the face. The ball goes right and left. They haven't missed left and right of their target. But, like, it's the same distance because it's hitting the same part of the face. And it's because they're not swinging too hard. Like Raymond Floyd in his book, uh, The Art of Scoring, talks about like, I went out there, I was a long hitter, I thought I could just mash it around. I'm getting smoked by guys hitting it 20 yards shorter than me. He figured out, I better swing slower. It's one of the best players ever played the game with one of the weirdest looking golf swings. Like, but the tour says I need to hit. No, you don't, sir. You hit it 265 yards <laughs> and you're at 18 handicap. Now, my ladies, on the other hand, are in a different category because the courses are built too long. Like, like if you... Sorry. Jack's like, finally some energy out of you, right? Like, so we d I did this math. So, so if you look at the numbers they've been pulling from Rory, or we sent these back and forth, right? Like, yes. you look at... Okay, if you look at the driving distance of say Avery who's in our group right it's probably like 250 yards he should be playing from like 6,000 yards to play the game the same as some of the longest players in the world so like well the tour players you just have wedges in everywhere yeah you could too if you moved up a set of tees like 
Well, these are the men's tees. No, they're not. Play from the set of tees based on the, how far you hit the golf ball. That would solve so many problems. You'd stop swinging so hard. I saw a post on social media. It was a course that had the tee. Like, they had a sign on hole number one. Right. It was an A-frame sign, and it had the tee. It had the tee, uh, uh, had the tee colors on there, the links. Right. And then it had a suggested handicap number where instead of calling it the ladies' tees, the senior tees, the men's tees, whatever it is, it's instead it's the zero to three handicap the the three to seven handicap one the that's seven that was a good solid move it needs to go off that's of driving so distance. solid i i think like bentonbrook golf club did it great like they put a whole nother set of forward tees like they're the shortest franklin bridge will play is i think 4400 yards 4500 yards that's for the average female driving distance that's roughly seven to eight hundred yards too long that would be like me, like when we went and played down oh, at the uh, Fighting Joe. Yeah. Fighting Joe. <laughs> yeah. 8,200 yards is too long. I don't hit it far enough yeah. to play from there. Then I just swing harder, right? And I play worse because I'm trying to keep up with a golf course that's too long for me. And like that's, that's half the battle of people swinging too hard because they're playing from tees that are too far back. But I hit it 250 yards. Yeah, you should play from 62. Go up there and play from the forward tees. So I think what you're getting off of is the data, and I would completely agree with you based on the driving distance, right? However, there's good, if theoretically, if we were going to put an A-frame sign out there that said if you hit it X amount on your drives, you need to play from this tees. Do you know how many people would go on there and be playing further back than they need to because they say, oh, I hit it over 300 yards. I hit it, I hit it 315 well, so every time. What, so what Bentbrook did, is they base it on clubhead speed, and so they had they had a they measured your clubhead speed before you went out. Huh. Interesting. So, so these are the tees you should play based on your clubhead speed. You should play up at two. That's so. Because then it's not based on how the ball rolls out or no, anything no, like no, that. It's no, just no. based on your clubhead speed. <laughs> like a, a hundred mile an hour clubhead speed under just average conditions, like not super firm, not super soft, not downwind, none of that. Well, at its max. Like total distance, go two hundred and fifty yards. Dang, how much? Ma- how many uh, your, yards your, does it move up? Your every yards year? times two point five. Your clubhead speed times two point five. So your your uh, your your ball will, in theory, go two point five yards further based on every mile per hour that you add after that, mm-hmm. roughly. Dang, that's cool. Some of your higher clubhead speeds, you can go to like two point seven six, but you've got. You've got difference. Like it's all about spin rates and all that. Like people are like, oh man, I only hit two hundred fifty yards. Yeah, that's it. Well, I can hit it farther than that. Like, yeah, you can if the conditions allow it to. And so TrackMan, like on this driving range, will measure that ball rolling all the way out. Well, it's not actually rolling out that far in most conditions. Like you play number two when it's soft out here, it doesn't roll very far. But you play number two when it's downwind. Hit three hundred. Like I'll hit three hundred and sixty yards on number two. Well, yeah, I don't actually hit it three hundred and sixty. Right. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly what? what I was going to say with like, uh, for example, on number one right now, if you're playing Franklin Bridge right now in the month of February, you do not have to take driver off of there. You can take like a five iron, four iron, rain. three iron. And if it hasn't rained, even if you chunk the dang thing, it's going to roll out yeah. like a long way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like the only thing hitting it farther has the potential for you to do is to have a shorter club in to make your precision tighter. But we don't obsess about the precision. It's like people want to be more consistent, but they still fundamentally want to hit it far. They still care that hitting it farther matters. Like that's still the biggest thing underneath everybody's decisions. 
pretty much. I mean, occasionally I have a student here swinging too slow. Like, that's a thing. Like, it's, you get, oh, like, it's not that hard of a game, right? So, like, I, I need to go on this other team. Like, you don't need to take a golf lesson to swing slower. Or to hold your finish until the ball stops moving. If you can't, like, take the exact same finish every time and stick it like a gymnast, you're swinging too fast. Duh. Well, I can't slow down. I was like, yes, you can. Like, you can run and walk, can't you? Yes. Which one's faster? Running. Can you run faster? Can you sprint? Yeah, I might break something. Oh, look at there. You should probably not do that. Right? Oh my god. Like dude. but it's and it's ah. like so so here's the here's the other argument that I do, and then somebody be like, Well, if you put two hands on the club, it's different. I was like, but is it? But is it? Like if you put the club in your dominant hand, and that's the side that you swing the golf club from. Like if you're right handed and you play golf right handed. And you just swing the club. The number of people that will swing the club on plane and square is astronomical. We could go walk that range with the worst golf swings and just have them put it in their right hand and just swing it. And you film before and after. It's fundamentally, you'd be like, are these even the same person? Like, they know how to swing a club. They know how to throw an object. Like, if you gave them a paddle and asked them and gave them a hammer and a nail, they can do that action. You give them an axe against a tree. They can do that's, that's they know how to do that. You give them an axe and go this way. They know how to swing stuff. Like it's not hard. But it really is hard cuz it's really complicated. But like and which piece fixes which? But like if every student came to us having their tempo under control and feeling like they're swinging it with their dominant arm and not swinging it back so far. It's like, well, when you put two hands on, they can't go back as far. Oh, maybe we shouldn't go back as far. Like, guys, guess what? There's the answer. It's like, you're, and so the, they like, they will answer the question that way. Well, well, I can't swing. Like, obviously when I swing with one hand, I swing back farther and like, I can go back farther. I was like, well, when you swing it, can just swing it halfway back and swing it through. Will you still swing it on plain and square? So when you put your left hand on or your lead hand on, like, just go if you can only go back that far and swing it on plane that's how far back you're allowed to swing the club well then i can't hit it far enough right we're back to the same freaking thing which is stop trying to hit it far stop buying the speed sticks stop buying all that stuff because you don't need it in fact we're about to have e-track here to do a physical eval i will prove to all of you that you're trying to swing faster than you can actually control and you need to stop it. That's why you get hurt when you play. Like, you just don't, like, you can drop your strokes. I don't know. Like, hey, I found the, I found the title uh, of, I found the title of the podcast. Uh, Are you ready? Yeah. Swing slower, shoot lower. <laughs> so good. That's so good. That's so good. It's just like, if you did those two things, how many problems would actually be solved? Like, what do you care more about? You care more about hitting it farther. Everything you say and do tells me everything you believe about the game of golf. Champions Playbook, Chapter 1. Like, if you're trying to swing slower and you keep swinging too fast or too hard, then you care the most about hitting it far. And you think that hitting it far is the most important thing to scoring lower. Like, that's obvious. Like, if you hit your putts too hard, you think you have to make 25-footers. 
You ha- think you have to hold tw- 10 footers. You think that, oh, don't leave, never leave a putt short. You think that that's what makes shoots lower scores. It doesn't. Tour players make one out of five out of 10, one out of two at eight feet. Stop trying to make your eight footers. Stop trying to make your 10 footers. Just lag it up next to the hole and tap it in and be done. Like, the, the, the point, like, there's a certain sense in which it's like, you don't need any help to do that. You know what's so funny about the putting thing? I got to go off on a small rant here on the putting thing, right? <laughs> okay. Granted, tour players are playing on the purest of pure conditions at all times, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's get that out of the way first, right? There's so many people who I've seen, like, when I play with and I'm putting, like, where everybody's putting, and just the amount of people who just will blow the putt by and just, like, can't figure out putting. They, like, <laughs> dude, the same guy, the same exact guy. Carson's going to love this podcast. The same guy who said, I'm just popping everything up, was the same guy who told me on the first tee, he was like, you know what I figured? We're play, we play way too much break on this golf course. The, my rule of thumb is I tell everybody, take what you think and divide it in half. And I'm like, that's a great way to blow everything <laughs> by the hole. It's <laughs> a great way to make yourself worse. Worse. And, but uh, I'm if thinking, anything, take whatever break you think and play double it. Yes. And hit it soft. Exactly. That's what I was trying to figure out. But back to the tour. <laughs> what you should do. The people, like everybody who watches the tour, wonder how all these players get quote unquote drip speed, right? Where the ball just drips into the hole, right? Or at the very end of the last rotation, the famous Tiger Woods, it just goes. The boop. number of balls that seem to just just fall like they sit on the the edge for five seconds and then fall in it's because what they're playing the maximum amount of break for the speed that they're hitting the ball (laughs) and so like i just don't understand why people if you want drip speed if you want the ball to just fall in the hole what do you think you have to do i gotta hit it softer but they think they have to make it so they have to get it to the hole that's not you gotta get it to the hole no you don't in fact, like, statistics would tell you that the ball that the hole is actually wider the slower that she hit the ball. That's correct. The data supports that strongly. Now that means that sometimes you'll leave it short. Right. But that's fine when you can just tap your second one and you don't have to make an eight to ten foot comebacker every time. I had a guy time. who had had two or three rounds in a row with averaging more than three three putts. He had four averaging three, more than three averaging. Putts? Oh my God. And I, I looked at him. I was like, uh, I was watching him putt. Like the technique looked clean. It was good. It wasn't perfect, but it was good enough to not three putt that many times. And he went too hard and he went too soft. And I put him at random spots around the hole. So I'm looking to see if there's a pattern to it. I was like, is it downhill putts? Is it uphill putts? Does he not play enough break? His reads are pretty good. I was like, uh, hey, uh, I'm going to give him a fake name. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike, uh, what? Why don't you just try to leave every putt a foot short? His speed was money. He left almost every putt a foot short. And his ones that went a little by the hole and went like six inches by the cup. Didn't make any. <laughs> we didn't three putt. Next round, play next round. No three putts. Hey, and guess what, next, everybody? I think it was the next two rounds. Didn't have a single three putt, and then he had one in his third round. So now you're averaging a third of a three putt per round instead of almost four. Guess how many strokes that saves if you're averaging th- more than three putts at a hole? 18! <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, no, no. He was, oh, he, no. He wasn't averaging. He was averaging three three putts per round oh three per round oh my god but like per round that's three shots over the course of three rounds that's almost 10 shots yeah it's nine if you're playing like you know three whole or a three round uh tournament right that's nine nine shots shots. i go to watch universities and they're like man these guys just can't putt i was like because they're all trying to make them stop trying to make them 
Just put it next to the hole. Dude, I like, thought you said he was averaging a three putt. No, no, oh, no. Oh, my goodness. No, but I have players that do that. Yeah. Like, well, do you hit it too hard or too soft? Well, I do both. Fundamentally, you're still trying to make it, so you're hitting it too hard, and so then you hit too hard too many times, and then you hit it too soft. On the downhill putts, and right. you hit the uphill ones too, too hard, hard, the downhill ones too soft. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just like, <clears throat> no, 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 Like, let's stop this behavior. Just leave it a foot short. But I'm going to leave it short, and they're going to say, you hit it with your purse. You're gonna, like, people are going to make comments, so you care more about what people think about you. Like, walk in with a lower scorecard and rub it in their face every single time. Here's the like, other thing. If you're more of an immediate gratification person, uh, guess what? If you two-putt things from hole one, nobody's going to tell you hit it with your purse because you're going to be dusting them already by the time you get to hole three. And if they keep giving that to you, it's because they're frustrated that they're beating, you're beating the snot out of them. So they're <laughs> going to try and get under your skin. So you'll hit it too hard. And then you'll three-putt. And then they'll be like, well, at least you got it there. And then you're stuck back in your cycle again of you think you have to hit it harder and you think you have to hit it in the hole. You also you just have to get close also you people too that are saying oh my god i hit it with my purse let's stop saying that when we do stuff like that like because we're trying just just get it there man like no no like you don't have to just get it there if your read was right and your pace was just a little bit short like fine just tap it in and go get a birdie on the next hole <laughs> you're gonna make some of them Oh my god! But you're gonna miss far more than you're gonna make. The moment my game really started to shift <laughs> in the past month was really when I decided that, like, okay, like I'm gonna try and make every single putt, but we're gonna do it with the slowest amount of speed. Mm -hmm. And how many stress-free pars I've had in 2024? Too many to count, even at this point, which is amazing. <laughs> and if people just like did that more. Just try and it's make just, everything at the slowest possible speed. It's just I promise you you'll warm up. The game's not that hard and yet it's endlessly complex at the same time. Like there are some people who just don't know how to move their body and they need somebody to show them how to do that. Some people don't have any sports background, so this is really, really foreign. So you need somebody to show you how to do that. Like I get that. Sometimes it's not intuitive, but the vast majority of people could do some of the most basic things. So I'm basically telling you, don't take a golf lesson. Or when you come to take a golf lesson, have the most basic elements done. So that way, when we do give you the nuance, which is required to play this game at, a, at the level that most people desire, there is nuance required. You can change it faster. Mm. And you make our job a lot easier. Mm. Like... It's like, well, you can get blast motion, this fancy sensor device on the end of your club for 250 bucks, and it'll help you work on your tempo. Just swing slower. <laughs> I can't. Yes, you can. Let's wrap this one up, man. That's really good. Swing slower, shoot lower. That's it, man. That's literally it. Like, And don't take a golf lesson, but come take a golf lesson. That's right. That's right. <laughs> don't be surprised if all I give you is swing slower, stick your finish. Swing slower, stick your finish. Maybe a fun round for you guys if you're out there. See how low you can score with how short how can. short you can hit it. Take the most amount of club. And this is not meaning like take a five iron from 80 yards. But, you know, try and take one or two more clubs. Take two more clubs. Take two more clubs. And then when you're putting, try and make every single putt, but at the slowest possible speed. I swear if you do that over an eight-hole, 18-hole period, you might have one three-putt. But I guarantee you won't have more than three or four. I can almost guarantee you that. <laughs> yeah, you might have one. You're not going to have two, three, four, five, or six. 
amen to that <laughs> thanks y'all so much for listening here remember play with the pod in uh johnson city at johnson city country club on march 31st 750 bucks per team it's a team of three yeah so come on out you get to play nine holes with me nine holes with scott and you'll get to play the whole 18 when you're there so it'll be a lot of fun thanks guys so much for listening watching viewing subscribing wherever you guys are at we love you we'll see you next time peace <laughs>